Leadership File on Premiere. Welcome to The Leadership File, the show that helps change the way you lead. I'm Andy Peck. This week we're focusing on the work of those who work at the heart of our society, but often behind the scenes and unheralded. I'm talking of librarians, whose work is much valued up and down the land for academics and indeed the general public. I'm joined by two men who are involved with Christians in the Workplace group that unites and supports Christians who work in the library and information services. Graham Hedges is now retired as librarian and serves as Secretary of Christians in Library and Information Services, CLIS, and the Chair of CLIS, Robert Foster, who works at the Royal College of Music. We meet just ahead of a conference celebrating 40 years of CLIS. So welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Good to have you. Uh, Graham, maybe you can give us a brief uh, synopsis of your career as a librarian. Okay, thank you. Well, I started off in the civil service. And after a couple of years, I was transferred into the library department, serving that particular government department. And I stayed there for several years. One of my early jobs was in the in the building called Thames House, which is now the headquarters of MI5. Oh, right, yes. I sometimes tell people I used to work in MI5, you know, but I didn't really. It was just in their <laughs> building. It was the Department of Trade and Industry in those days. Right. So after a, a few years there, I went to college to get my library qualification, and then I went into public libraries. And I worked for two main boroughs. One was Southwark, and then I spent the rest of my working life in Wandsworth. Uh, and I alternated between running into library loan services for those two boroughs and working in reference libraries. And I ended up in, in the library at the reference library at Battersea uh, for about 11 years. I retired, took early retirement in 2011, but I'm still doing voluntary work. I work part-time on a voluntary basis for the Evangelical Alliance, uh, cataloguing books for their small library and indexing their archives. And I've also been involved in voluntary work for the Westminster Central Hall, where they've got a small library as well. So that, that's me. I keep fairly busy. Splendid. And, and Robert, your story? Yes, I mean, I've been working in um, academic libraries for the last 20, just over 20 years. And um, that really started um, as a, a general purpose librarian, um, moving more into inquiry services um, until fairly recently, just over about 15 months ago, um, I moved to the Royal College of Music to, to become an uh, assistant librarian there. Um, again, doing a fairly wide range of things, um, but in a specialist environment. Hmm. It's well, it, it may be worth, first of all, exploring a little of the modern work of the librarian. Um, as is reflected by the CLIS title, those entering the profession are now involved with more than just books, but information management. So obviously the internet has revolutionised aspects of the work. That's right, although it's computers in general as well as the internet, although there are still plenty of traditional things that go on in libraries as well. Um, one difference it's made is that some people, of course, don't need to go to the library anymore because they can do their own research on the internet, although the quality of the, quality of the information they, they retrieve is not always as good as it might be. But on the other hand, a lot of people do go to the library just to use the computers and use the internet. If they haven't got their own machines, they can they can book a session at the at the library, and 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 do their work there. In the library, in the Battersea Reference Library where I used to work, we had we made a number of uh, online services, online databases available to the public, 
and they could be retrieved in many cases by, by users of the library in their homes as well as on the library premises. So it did open up uh, uh, the, the library service to a, a much wider uh, clientele, at least potentially. Uh, it's the um, the main challenge, um, the change, I suppose, for me really has been in the way we, as much as anything, the way we communicate with each other. Um, so, uh, and that goes for all types of work, not just the one that, that we're in. Um, in terms of the resources and, and the stock, it's it's a mixed situation in academic libraries because um, I don't know whether you've came across a recent uh, story with back in February, but there was a survey of students done in the US, Japan, Slovakia and Germany, I think. Um, and the survey came back to say that um, most students, 92%, preferred paper copy to um, an e-book. Um, so there is a, a mixed situation there. Um, but certainly, um, in terms of academic papers, that sort of thing, um, much of that, especially in things like science, technology, medicine, that will be accessed online almost exclusively these days. Yeah, I mean, I understand there's been a, the retention level, it changes if you're, if you're reading on an e-book versus a paper book. The retention level is much better on a paper book, apparently. That's what they say. It's something to do with mm. the, the whole sort of process of, of learning, mm. that um, you make notes, you, you turn pages backwards and forwards, um, perhaps you skip forward a chapter or something. And, and yes, the, I think that has something to do with it. Yeah. And it's interesting that the sales of e-books seem to have uh, reached a level. Um, I think last year, for the first time in some years, the sales of printed books increased and the sales of e-books stayed at a level. So it's a, it's a mixed economy, I think that's the answer. Sure, sure. Now, it, it just so happens I have a friend with a degree in librarianship, as it was in those days, uh, and knowing that I was due to speak with you, I sent him a Facebook message to ask what I w should ask about, and his reply was, in quotes, public libraries closing, poverty line pay for graduates, and a total misunderstanding of librarians in the private sector. Um, is, does that ring any kind of bells with you? Well, it does, unfortunately. <laughs> you may know there was some uh, research that the BBC published just last week which makes rather sobering reading. Uh, one particular children's writer described the public library service as facing the greatest crisis in its history. Um, it revealed in the last six years or so some 343 libraries closed. Of these, 132 were mobile services. Uh, 207 were based in buildings. The number of closures of libraries in, in England is higher than the government's official estimate of 110 buildings. Um, a further 111 closures are planned this year. The number of paid staff in libraries fell from 31,977 in 2010 to 24,044 now, a drop of 7,933. Uh, so uh, a number of other libraries have been transferred to volunteers or community groups. We had an article in our magazine a couple of years ago about the Great Sankey Library in the north of England, which the, the council decided to close, and it was taken over by a local church group who were running a, a community centre mm. in the building, and they've got a kind of rudimentary book lending service, and they have a hall which is uh, hired out to local groups. And it's very good that the church group have been involved, but it's not probably not as good a service as would have been provided in the past by the local authority. So it is a it is a problem, and I think we're all concerned about that. On the question of uh, 
a total misunderstanding of librarians in the private sector. I think that's true, but I know when I was working in libraries, it was always difficult to explain what I did to even to, to friends and, and other people. Trying to explain, for example, the interlibrary loan service which I ran, that you could ask for any book you wanted to read and the library service would try and get it for you. A lot of people didn't realise that, they just thought it was the books that were on the shelves and that was it. Uh, so it is, there is a misunderstanding of what we do. Mm. Okay. I think in, in academic libraries it's a different situation. Um, the, the fact is, is that there is something called the National Student Survey, uh, which requires students to um, give a thumbs up or thumbs down to their library service that they experienced. Um, and so universities have to get this right, like everything else. Um, and so what happens is, is, is they have to invest in, in library services. What's, hap what's changed is the kind of um, a role that librarians often do. Um, and uh, so at the moment, uh, you'll find there's lots of self-service, um, lots of services to be accessed online to cope with the, with the enormous body of students um, that there are in, in universities now. Um, certainly I saw that when I was um, in my previous place of work, King's College London, um, where I spent many happy years, but um, it, it's certainly a changing situation and one which doesn't require you necessarily to have the sorts of skills that maybe you once did. Um, and it means that um, people can be, uh, uh, can, can be part of the library services without necessarily having a library qualification and do it very well. Um, but nevertheless, um, it's, it's a changing situation. Right. Um, I mean, there is a perception in some quarters, sorry, there is a perception in some quarters that Christianity is being marginalised. Is the provision of Christian books in, in public libraries a reflection of this? I think it is. Uh, it, the situation varies, <coughs> but the, the quality of the Christian book sections in many libraries isn't all that good, necessarily. Uh, one of the problems is that librarians in, in the public library service are increasingly dependent on specialist library booksellers uh, who, send, who send them books and, and choose the books that are going to be made available. And if, if, if there are not Christian members of staff on the staff, then uh, the, the situation is not going to improve. But I think sometimes Christians marginalise themselves uh, by not using the library as a source of Christian books. I gave a talk in my church recently to mark National Libraries Day, and I started off by saying, hands up those who are members of their public library, and quite a few hands went up. How many of you have read a Christian book in the last year? And quite a few hands went up and then I said well how many of you have taken a Christian book out of your library and one hand went up right which which I think is it does highlight a particular problem if Christians don't make a point of using their libraries for Christian books and asking for Christian books and taking out the books that are already there then the library staff are not going to be aware of the demand and the possible interest in Christian books so I think part of the answer is in the hands of the Christian public mm. use your library for Christian books yeah, indeed, and and with with the decline in Christian bookshops, the capacity to purchase may be declining, but you could still use your library. That's right. Yes, to, indeed. To, to find access. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Graham, you um, you're a sponsor of the Speaking Volumes Library Scheme. Tell tell us about that. That's right. Well, that's a project of the Christian Book Promotion Trust, which is a charity. We have a, a Speaking Volume Scheme, which is a way of en encouraging local churches and groups of churches to donate Christian books to their local libraries. That may be public libraries, it could also be prison libraries or hospital libraries or school libraries. I think public libraries and school libraries are the major ones. 
and that's been running for quite a few years and it's been quite successful. We also run a book awards every other year and that takes place at the uh, Christian Resources Exhibition and we're doing that in a few weeks time in May when we'll be giving uh, awards to the books that have been chosen by the public, the best adult book and the best children's book. Splendid. Well, you're listening to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Graham Hedges and Robert Foster, uh, both involved with CLIS, the uh, Christians in Library and Information Services. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Graham Hedges and Robert Foster. They're both uh, part of uh, the Christians in Library and Information Services, CLIS, that we meet just ahead of a conference celebrating 40 years of uh, CLIS, well, details of which we'll mention uh, shortly. Um, <clears throat> guys, as we were reflecting a little bit on the um, on the situation, what are, what are the kind of issues that Christian librarians face in the workplace? I think it's... Um one of those situations where which is quite similar to other lines of work um, particularly in the uh, area that I'm in um, it's a question of how appropriate is it to talk about your faith at work I think also um, but there is a um, something which is pertinent to, to librarians and that is the fact that we are required to exercise um, a certain neutrality um, and that can affect things like um, probably in, in the public library side of things um, the, the sorts of stock that you purchase um, it can also um, be to do with um, uh, how you respond to uh, the sorts of materials that your library ac- uh, acquires um, and so it's it's that area of trying not to um, uh, it, it's it's having a balance really um, between what is um, uh, what you think is is right for yourself, but you also have to to be aware that you're um, you're in a, a professional situation too. Yeah, yeah you, you can't off, you operate as a censor. Obviously, that's no, not your that's not your not. job. Well, <laughs> no. c- censorship is an issue we've debated from time to time. I think on the whole, you know, we wouldn't be in favour of censorship, but we have debated it. Christians in libraries do feel a, a tension sometimes between their own beliefs and some of the materials that are on their shelves. And there are a good many other issues we've looked at. We've looked at trade unionism in the in the library service. We've looked at the role of women in libraries because uh, the majority of librarians seem to be women. Uh, but on the other hand, many of the senior posts have been held by men. We've looked at issues like children's books. And there was a lot of concern at one time about some of the issues in children's books. Uh, a lot of parents and, and other people were concerned about the occult in children's books. Or, or explicit sex in, in children's books, particularly teenage fiction. Uh, so there are a good many issues, and we've, we've tried to debate them without always necessarily agreeing on the on the right approach, but at least we, we give ourselves the opportunity to debate these issues. Uh, and and the, the challenge of leading a workplace group like uh, CLIS? Well, I think it's it, there is a challenge. I think one of the problems we have is, is that we've been we've been going since the 1970s and in a sense it's the same generation that's that's involved now that we had 40 years ago we're finding it more difficult to attract younger professionals um and this isn't just a problem for us it's a problem of most of the other professional groups that we we meet with sometimes they all say it's difficult to to encourage people to join organizations i think we have a problem that uh workplace issues are not always given a high profile in the local church um, we spend a very high percentage of our working of our waking life 
in in the workplace but often this isn't mentioned at, at church the emphasis is on the church and on reaching the local community which is all very important but i think we could be given more support by the local church and in a sense we'd start from a higher place we'd have we have the grounding in what does it mean to be a christian at work and we could start looking specifically at what are the problems that affect people in, in libraries right. yes um i'd like to add um that i think certainly since i've been um chair the there have been issues in communication um communicating amongst ourselves communicating with the the wider library world and uh, and beyond um and that's partly because um uh we have to um use whatever means there are but um whether or not we use social media um we currently have a um an e-newsletter we have a printed magazine um but keeping ourselves uh talking to each other as an organization um when we 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 include um quite a, a wide range of viewpoints as well um and then there's also the um how, how we advertise ourselves to to the wider to the wider world um we've um we used to have um a, a regular page in uh, in a national magazine um for for the uh, what is called the uh, Chartered Institute of Library and Information Professionals um when we could advertise our events um we haven't got that at the moment um so actually telling people we're out there and having the faith to believe that you know we've got lots of friends out there still which I'm sure we have um and and just letting them know what we're doing yeah. well hopefully this this program will serve to at least uh, pour, put a little bit of shed a bit of light on the on your work and uh, you know there'll be listeners listening no doubt who know or are themselves involved in this yeah. in this work which is great and you have a um <clears throat> Uh, coming up a uh, um a celebration that's right it's our 40th anniversary we started off in 1976 our original name was librarian christian fellowship and we changed our name two years ago so we've got a conference in london on the 23rd of april which is a saturday at the regent hall in uh, in oxford street and we've got two speakers we've got uh, nick spencer from the think tank theos who's going to be speaking about general trends in, in society over the last uh, few years. And then we've got the Reverend William Morris, who comes from the St Martin in the Fields Church, who's going to be asking the question, what does it mean to be a Christian in the workplace? And I hope that in the discussion we can relate it particularly to our experience in libraries. So we've got quite a good number of, of delegates who have booked for that, so we're looking forward to that conference. Uh, we have a conference every year, but this one should be special because it's our anniversary. Sure, sure. Uh, I mean, stating the obvious, anyone who has taken on any academic study has had cause to thank librarians for their work. Um, you know, good information pr provision is a key part of your work. Do you? Do many have a strong sense of vocation for library work? Did you have a sense of a calling I to think the work? So, although there is a, there has been a fairly high dropout rate from the library service, which of course isn't helped by the current uh, mm. trials and tribulations of the service. But I think many librarians do have a sense of vocation. I think particularly in, in specialist areas. I've known a number of uh, librarians who work with, with uh, the disadvantaged people, uh, housebound services, and the people in those services have a particularly strong vocation. I think the same would be true of children's librarians who work with young people. I think they're often very committed to that. Mm. And I would guess Robert would probably say that the same is, is true with music librarians. Yes, definitely. Um, I've recently come back from a, um, a conference for just music librarians, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, many of them are active as um, librarians, but also academics um, in their own right. 
um, and um, or musicians themselves, um, and they happen to also work in in, mm. in libraries and for libraries or provide services for libraries. Um, and so, uh, yes, they're very committed to what they do. It, it is said that that librarians are academics who didn't fancy doing the teaching. I don't know if that's that's what you find. <laughs> I think a lot of librarians did consider teaching as a career and decided mm. it wasn't for them. Ironically, there's been I think there's been emphasis in recent years about librarians teaching the public to use computers, mm. which of course, if you didn't want to go into teaching in the first place, <laughs> is, is, uh, maybe not what quite what you want to hear. Yeah. But I, I think it's true that obviously teaching is an alternative career that some librarians would have would have thought mm. about. Yeah. Uh, and certainly, it's the case that um, if you look down, you know, <clears throat> down the centuries of church history, the role of the librarian in um, in, in ensuring we have information about former uh, former ages of the church has been crucial. Yes, I think, I mean, Christians have been described as the, the people of the book. And although that book is mainly the Bible, I think books and literacy and, and knowledge have been important for Christians. Uh, in the in the so-called Dark Ages, the monasteries kept learning alive with their, mm. their monastery libraries and their illuminate, illuminated manuscripts, if mm. I can say the word. And uh, I think it's true now. Um, most uh, most colleges, most theological colleges, would have a good library. There are specialist Christian libraries like the Evangelical Library, which I used to be involved with, and Dr. Williams' Library, which is another major theological library. So I think yes, the, the role of libraries has been important in the in the history of the Christian Church. Yeah. And I think if you uh, read a Christian book or look at a piece of research that's been done somewhere along the line, perhaps. Uh, quite heavily, uh, somebody will have used the libraries to to produce that. Um, so um, uh, yes, it's it's certainly um, been been something which we've uh, uh, perhaps behind the scenes something you hinted at mm. earlier. Um, it's it's sometimes a hidden role, yeah. um, but it's part of the process. We've had several speakers, non-librarian speakers, we've invited to speak at, at uh, meetings. And they often say, well, I've benefited greatly from libraries in my career, so I suppose I'd better show gratitude and accept <laughs> your invitation. Sure. So that's, that's a good way to get speakers, really. Yeah, yeah. And, and no doubt there will be a role for the Christian church as libraries decline, perhaps. You know, there'll be churches that, that, that take upon themselves the role of, um, of providing better, better written material. I think so. Some churches have their own libraries. It's often very much a hit-and-miss affair. It's interesting that I think in the United States and in Australia, church libraries are quite well developed and there are, there are associations for church librarians. I don't think it's ever taken off quite so mm. much in this country, but who knows, perhaps in the future it will have to. Yeah. And as you look at the future, of course, you know, sadly public libraries are declining, but academic ones a little bit more bright perhaps, Robert? Yes, I think so. Um, I think uh, they're, they're having to be, um, and uh, um, be- because of this idea of the, the survey and, and, and the pressure to, to perform, um, if, you, if your library isn't good, then you, your students are going to suffer. Mm. Um, so it, there's, a, there's a, uh, a necessity there for them to be good. Wonderful. Well, you've been listening to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I was joined this week by Graham Hedges and Robert Foster, both involved with the Christians in Library and Information Services. Those dates again on the 23rd of April. They have their um, uh, celebrating 40 years of CLRS. So uh, go along to um, the uh, Regent's Hall. Regent Hall. Regent Hall in Oxford Street. And uh, do... uh, find out more particularly obviously if you're yourself involved in the uh, in the library and information service and you can uh, 
uh, find out a bit more about the the, the organisation itself and uh, uh, how it can serve you as a, some a Christian in the workplace. So thank you guys for, thank for your you. time this morning, and uh, do uh, log on to Premier's own website and you can find archives of the leadership file, including this one in due course. I look forward to your company again next Sunday at three thirty. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk. 